26 Stone is brought to you by NewAmsterdam.com. Imagine a world where creatives always have a key to the city. Use promo code 26STONE for 26% off your entire order. That's K-N-E-W-Amsterdam.com. NewAmsterdam.com. Welcome, citizen. I'ma set it straight, straight out the gate. I'm straight 718. You can't eliminate what I emanate. My sound's great, like every Belafonte. I got love like Ariana Grande. Beats and buzz by Andre. Wallet in the on a Friday, like O'Shea. Okay, tell me when you wanna listen. I'm in the kitchen whipping, making sauce for this chicken. It's hot in this position, standing with no air condition. I wrecked the place, demolition. I killed it, no ammunition. My mission to forget my losses and my premonitions. Divorces and bad decisions. The glasses with tunnel vision. I'm a legend in subdivisions. I spark with no ignition. Yes, I want to give a big shout out to Cuboy718, Cuboy718, dropping the fire, that's the intro, 26 Stone, this podcast right here, it's your boy Flobo, Flobo Boys, your host of the show, your favorite podcast based on units of measurement, available wherever you stream your podcast, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Speaker, iTunes, Google Play Store, and the like. As for me, my online home is over at flobito.com, that's F-L-O-B-I-T-O.com, and of course the show uh, is available on Twitter at Two Six Stone Show. Uh, not much going on there on the Twitter site, but definitely know you're the first one to know when a new episode is live. If you follow our Twitter account at Two Six Stone Show. What is up, everybody? What is up? What is up, everybody? What is up? Get a little musical there. Um, I am doing okay. I'm out here in good old Culver City, California, trying to make. Um, the most of my steps in life, what that next step is going to be. Uh, I had a moment of reflection. See, I'm working on, on my, a new version of my website, or at least a streamlined version of my website, and I realize I do a lot. <laughs> and I'd say that, not to brag, um, but rather, I, I'm sure many of you who are listening now have many different endeavors that you've done, you've currently doing, and would like to do. So I'm, I'm rearranging my website like Tetris, and it really came to me like, man, um, I have my fingers in a lot of things, and sometimes things don't get the attention they deserve all the time. Like, um, just using myself as an example, of course, I really love comic book writing. I think it's a nice passion of mine. It's nothing more than a hobby. Um, it's If my personal brand were an enterprise, you would call that division a lost leader. Um, hopefully, or at least at the point of me doing comic books, I was I was trying to get my name out there to further my brand. Uh, but I really love doing it, and even though the money doesn't show for it, I, I I like doing it. But like whereas my comedy, I would I would try to troll YouTube to make sure that my jokes are fresh, or my writing, I know I can copyright something and and have it done. My comic book stuff kind of is on the wayside uh, on the housekeeping aspect of it. The talent is there, the the creativity is there, but as far as like the housekeeping of it all, making sure things are registered, making sure I'm not like in violation of some random old character from the 40s that's owned by somebody else I mentioned in passing. And it really hit me today uh, updating my website because we're, I was just reading back our fresher course on copyright law. 
Uh, I know this is a very complicated thing. I pay IP lawyers or intellectual property lawyers get paid up the wazoo to think about it. But usually when it comes to copyright uh, of any kind of fictional work, it ends up being uh, death plus 70. So the, the death of the author uh, plus 70 years, so-called the Mickey Mouse rule, uh, because Walt Disney um, it still owns the Mickey Mouse character. And Disney has tried successfully to push back uh, that limit of copyright ownership because if the character falls into public domain, then you could have Mickey Mouse selling everything without having to worry about Disney coming after you with their army and team of lawyers. But the thing is about creative ideas, it's sort of like music. And and not, not to say music isn't creative at all, it really is. But there's only a certain number of notes you can possibly make on a scale. It's a certain amount of notes, and it's the combinations of notes and rests that actually makes the music we see today. And it's bound to happen that your idea, your cool, creative, one-of-a-kind idea, may look and feel similar to another idea elsewhere. And I'm going to tell you what, it is as alarming as can be. Now, there's definitely cases of people blatantly ripping people off, and that's usually what the knee-jerk reaction is. If my creative work looks like your creative work, who copied who? But there's an opportunity there, and a possibility there, I mean, that that creative idea one, or A, and that creative idea two, or B, could just be natural serendipitous happenstance. And to me, it's fascinating a little bit how we have an infinite number of ideas because we have 7 billion people multiplied by a million thoughts in our head and a picture's worth a thousand words and and then you can have infinite ideas. But like if someone has an idea for a TV show about a, a hitman who's trying to recover from his old life but gets sucked back in, we have a feeling we've seen it before. Is that interesting? <laughs> I think it's fascinating. But what to do when it happens to you? Let's say you have an idea that it's going to change the game. Let's say you want to have a children's book about the benefits of getting a checkup. You realize that your son or daughter or niece or nephew hates going to the doctor, so you decide to make a children's book about a kid who goes to a doctor and realizes that it's not that bad. Now, it's an idea that's been done because the a cynical person would say, all ideas have been done already. But no, this one's different. You had it... Instead of going to a doctor at a hospital, it's going to be in space. And every doctor's office is a planet. And the kid has a rocket ship. It's definitely new and fresh. And no one's done it before. Uh, You search that idea online on Google. And lo and behold, I'm just making this up, of course. But lo and behold, in Belarus or something, uh, someone has a very similar idea. This kid is on a rocket ship going to different space stations, seeing his doctor and seeing doctors in their care. Well, now what do you do? Do you just crumple it up and throw it away? Yes. Or do you just press on and know that your perspective is different? Also, yes. I've done them both. (laughs) I've done them both. Uh, I can tell you those examples right now, just to give you a little bit of solidarity here. I had an idea for a a, uh, television show about a fixer who fixes the problems of of the elite in his world, but he has his own personal issues. I thought I was a genius. Uh, I realized that my idea was basically Scandal mixed with Ray Donovan. (laughs) And I went, ah, screw it. And I crumpled it up and I threw it away. Um, I also thought that uh, that Legacy, uh, which was the 
screenplay slash short story series slash comic book about this archaeologist that goes into Mesoamerica, Mexico to find out these magical totems was oddly similar to another send-up to the adventure genre I won't name here. And I said, well, yeah, it's very similar, but I got to press on. Like, I feel that my take on things, my perspectives on things, what I'm trying to achieve has to be different. And um, I actually listened, read the final product after I was finished with mine, of course, because mine did come out first, uh, but not nearly as popular as this version. Um, there are some similarities there, but there's different enough where if I was a judge, I would say, yeah, they're different. The writing was different. The, the, the lives of the author were different. The, the objective of the story was different. The moral of the story was different. But I, could, I won't fault anyone who says, oh, that idea has been done. I'll forget it. But you can't do that all the time. You can't look at every single idea and say, well, they stole my idea. What's the use? Let's go sue them. <laughs> One, in Los Angeles, that word gets around pretty fast. That you're the guy who sues everyone for stealing your idea. And two, it's not really positive for you as a creative person. You know, a lot of times we think of things as obstacles, but they're more or less challenges. You are challenged by your limitations, no matter if they're financial or spatial or environmental or even um, not economic, even um, political, to create and, and create and persevere through that. A lot of the art comes from not the final product, but the struggle to create that vinyl product, and I'll say that again, a lot of art, uh, the beauty in art, comes from not the final product, but from the struggle to create that final product. You know, yeah, the going back to the comedian side of things, yeah, doing the one-hour comedy show is hilarious, but you'll see now more and more. When you watch a comedic special on Netflix or HBO, um, they always take a little segment and go back into the life of the comic because... With a very few exceptions, every comic has internal pain. They found a way to synthesize into comedy, right? The struggle to create the final product is as beautiful, if not more, than the product itself. So yeah, even though the eventual uh, punchline may be similar, and that's happened sometimes too, though I'm still young enough in my career that if I do a joke that even sounds vaguely similar to somebody else's, I'll cut it out immediately. But let's say I have a bit, and I'm famous for that bit. And someone tried to steal that bit at a club. True story. Actually, when I first started um, comedy, I was really big into Jim Gaffigan. I'm kind of am now, but not as much. He has this bit about Hot Pockets. And if you've ever seen Jim Gaffigan live, um, when he says, I had a Hot Pocket, people go absolutely nuts. It's his signature bit. It's followed him around for like 10 years. Hot Pockets. And I was doing comedy. I must have been in, in the comedy game uh seven months at the Hollywood Hotel. I went down to the basement where they have their open mics or whatnot. And someone actually did the Hot Pocket bit. Now, obviously, it wasn't as, like, crisp as Jim's, but it was basically, man, I love Hot Pockets, man. I mean, they're hot, they're cold, they're gross, they make you poop. Like, basically hitting every point of Jim Gaffigan's bit, but not in that order. It was, to me, a ripoff, right? If it were flipped, for example, let's say that kid or guy came up with the Hot Pocket bit first, and then Jim Gaffigan did it. I'm sure Jim Gaffigan wasn't trolling this kid's bedroom, stealing his ideas, but if that were me, I would chalk it up and say, hey, look, he has something similar. I'm not even going to attempt. That guy's been in the game for a long time. I'm, I trust myself as a creator to make more of the good stuff. I'm moving on. But imagine that was flipped. Imagine if you're Jim Gaffigan, and you've made money off this bit. Like, you made money on the Hot Pocket jokes, and you hear some guy is doing it for laughs at the Hollywood Hotel, 
in Los Angeles. <laughs> How does that make you feel? Did they steal your idea? Is your idea, can you go out and claim your idea? Do you, as that famous comedian, go, well, I've done it long enough now, so much that guys are remixing it for their own benefit, I should probably let that go? Or do you try to claim that as like, I'm the originator of this bit? <laughs> do you try to go after them and say, no, I made it, give me the respect I reserve? Sometimes it, it goes both both ways, and it's interesting to see how what art form uh, tends to to do one or the other. You know, with music, it tends to be go after the guy. You know, sample fees and royalties and all that. Um, books too, um, with like paintings and murals and, and gra- graffiti art, break dancing. It's kind of like, hey, it's understood. It's the art form. You're a biter, but that's the art form. You, know, you can do it. We won't clap as hard, but go ahead. It's like cheating because it's already been made, but. Go, it's like almost like a shaming mechanism. Whereas like in, in music, it's like we want our money, but we want to sue you out of existence. But I always thought that was interesting. How how the idea or even the fact someone's stealing your idea or the fact you may think you're stealing someone else's ideas, how we use that as ammunition to edit ourselves, to censor ourselves, to quit and move on to something else. And sometimes, while that might be the best course of action, we have to stop and think and say, okay, well, we can do that, or maybe we could find some way to make this uniquely ours. Let's find a way to make the beautiful stuff in the struggle in creating that fine piece of art. As always, I want to thank you so much for checking out the show. 26 Stone, 26 Stone is a show. Uh, we are on Amsterdam.com. That's K-N-E-W, uh, Amsterdam.com. Make sure you use the promo code 26 Stone. That's 26 Stone for 26% off your entire order. And we ship worldwide. So make sure you hit that up. Uh, my name is Lobo Voice. This is the podcast that could. We're back here next Wednesday. Uh, of course, until next time, please make your hometown proud.